A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Ar-Rajim Bismillah Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim My dear friends, Assalamu Alaikum Wa Rahmatullahi Wa Barakatuh Today is day three of our activity and we have three questions for today so we have a lot to cover Inshallah I hope that you can listen to these summaries The first question for today about the Holy Prophet What two signs or proofs did the monk recognize the prophethood of Rasulullah at the age of 12? So the monk is uh, like a um, noble dignitary, like a, a priest among um, the Christians. And uh, uh, the story goes that at the age of 12, Rasulullah used to accompany his uncle uh, Abu Talib to different business trips and he, he would gain that experience there. Um, and in that, in one of these trips, they met a monk. Okay, in Arabic, it's called he's called Arahib. And the monk looked at them. And then he, he said to Abu Talib, all of you can come. And, and he welcomed them, to invite them for a meal. Uh, but Abu Talib, he asked him, I want to ask you a question. So he said, what is it? He said, do you know that young man who was walking alongside you? He's referring to Prophet Muhammad. Do you know that man who was walking alongside you? Bring him tomorrow with you as well in this invitation that he's inviting Abu Talib. So Abu Talib said, very well, I will bring him tomorrow. Next day, Abu Talib comes. He looked at him and he said to him, where's that? Where's the, the young man? The young man who's walking along alongside you. So Abu Talib said, my nephew? So the monk replied, yes. He said, he's just over there. So he called him uh, to come forward. At the age of 12, and this is one of our proofs within the Islamic theology, that from a young age, Prophet Muhammad was already inspired with the knowledge of God and the knowledge of his mission. It was at the age of 40 that he officially became inaugurated as a prophet, but it doesn't mean that at a younger age he didn't carry that uh, uh, that level of knowledge and marifat. So when the monk saw a Prophet Muhammad, he, he said to him, in the name of Alat and Uzza. So what, what is Alat and Uzza? Alat and Uzza are the names of two gods which the people at that time, the idol worshippers used to worship. Alat and Uzza. Uh, so as soon as the Prophet heard this, he said to him, do not bring those names in front of me. These are most detested names to me. In other words, names that are most hateful to, to me. And of course, you can imagine that's because Prophet knew very well those names represented idols, uh, represented shirk. And of course, Prophet believes only in the one Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one God. So of course, he would uh, uh, be against any the mention of these names and be disgusted at, at the mention of these names. They were the idols of Christ. Then the monk said to him, I want, you, I want to give you some sadaqah. So then, um, Prophet said, replied back and said, we do not accept sadaqah. So the first sign was, the first sign um, or proof to the monk was that Prophet um, rejected the mention of other gods than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second sign is that Prophet said, we do not accept sadaqah because as we know, um, the Prophet and those from the lineage of the Prophet, the sadat, they are not supposed to accept sadaqah. It is haram for anyone to give sadaqah to them and haram for them to accept sadaqah. Then he said to him, the monk said to Prophet, as a 12-year-old, can I see the mark between your shoulders? So the Prophet allowed him to see the mark between the shoulders. And um, narrations say that one of the signs of the Prophet is that between his shoulders, there is what is called 
Khutm al Nubawa, the seal of prophethood, um, almost you can think of it as a notary mark on between in the location between the shoulders of the prophet no one has this stamp or this sign and symbol except the holy prophet so this is a physical mark which which um uh, allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave special to the holy prophet the monk then looked at abu talib and said abu talib if you did not know already um of course abu talib knows already if you did not know already, then know that this young man is the prophet whom Jesus spoke about and Moses spoke about. And beware of the enemies that he is going to face. And at that moment, Abu Talib said to him, how did you know? Abu Talib, of course, was testing him. So what we understand from, from this is that the most knowledgeable among the religions, whether it be Christianity or Judaism, uh, like the monks and the priests or the nuns, some of them have already been given the knowledge of the secrets of the signs and symbols of this of, of the prophet to come after Jesus. So they know that Jesus is not the last prophet. They know that uh, Musa is not the last prophet. They know that both in the books, in the divine revelations of both Musa and Isa, whether it is the Torah, the Torah, or, or Zabur, the Psalms, or the Bible, or the, uh, the Old Testament, um, these divine scriptures carry prophecy about the prophet the last prophet who will come um, after uh, the current prophet of their time and this prophet has certain signs and symbols descriptions it's hence the monk was looking for these descriptions he already noticed some things uh, um, that for that reason he was asking these questions only to confirm his theory or his suspicion that this young boy is indeed the holy prophet then he said Forget about these signs. When you were walking and Muhammad was next to you, I saw every tree bow down after Muhammad left. So you can imagine that, that the, the trees themselves are recognizing the great status of the Prophet, that he is indeed the seal of prophets and messenger. And this is at a, at a very young age. And narrations say that um, also th th there was a specific cloud that would follow the Prophet wherever he went. And it, it was only... You know that when the prophet left that the cloud left with the prophet and for that reason the monk recognized that this is indeed um the um the, the recognition or the stamp of recognition for the holy prophet so these are these are just a handful of signs uh, at, a very, at a very young age where the prophet was recognized by non-muslims or non-arabs for that matter um, based on the most knowledgeable among the religions, which is actually a proof for that we can present today, you know, for those, you know, non-Muslims uh, living today. The second question for today is also about the Holy Prophet, we, uh, because we want to honor the Prophet as much as we can. How can we best celebrate Prophet Muhammad? So this is a critical thinking question. There's, there's no wrong answer. Whatever answer that you bring is, is not going to be wrong. But we, we, are, we, are, we are wanting to share ideas in this platform, in this discussion, in this summary, so that we can all, you know, get ideas from each other and, and try our best to do as much as we can to honor and celebrate the Holy Prophet. Because celebration is not just uh, to gather ourselves and recite some manqabat or have a jashan at the masjid or share some sweets. It's much more and beyond than that. It is, it is our in essence, our recognition and our marifa of our Holy Prophet and how we can practic practically apply the teachings of the Holy Prophet in our own life.
So here are some ideas to share. Ways to celebrate is that we can uh, continuously be checking to make sure that our life and our daily practices are, are according to the teachings of the Holy Prophet and Ahlul Bayt So we need to continuously check our behavior, our lifestyle, our habits to compare it with the Holy Prophet and Ahlul Bayt and, and, and check ourselves. This is the check and balance is to say, to ask ourselves, is what we are doing something that will please the Prophet? Will it please Ahlul Bayt Or will it not will it not please them? Or in fact, it, it may displease them. So this is uh, that checks and balances that we continuously need to do that. We call it muhasabat al-nafs, uh, accounting of ourselves that we should do every single night before we sleep. Secondly, being sure that our life does not have any behavior which goes against the teachings of the Holy Prophet and Ahl al-Bayt meaning not only that we please them, that we, uh, you know, we don't do any haram, we don't commit any haram, or any of the makruhat. Makruh means things that are not exactly haram, okay, not from the muharamat. However, lakin, it is from the dislike thing, the, the non-recommended things, things that it's not going to bring a smile upon the face of the Prophet or the, the Imams السلام, Okay, things that are wishy-washy, the gray areas, we want to stay away from the gray areas, right? If there is a topic, a controversial issue that it's, you know, there's a question about it, let's stay away from these areas because we may fall upon, you know, a, a pothole. And if we fall in a pothole, that's not going to that's not going to bring us closer to the Prophet and Ahl Bayt Thirdly, we try our best to convey the message of the Prophet. Who is the Prophet? And who are Ahl Bayt To convey their personalities, their esteemed personalities. But in order for us to convey about them and introduce them to others, we also need to know about the Prophet, who he is, learn about his autobiography. We take these months as an opportunity. Rabi'a al-awwal and Rabi'a al-tani to learn more about the autobiography, about the Prophet, what happened in his life, the different battles, the different challenges, the different events, as well as the Holy Prophet, because as well as Ahl al-Bayt because through their autobiographies, we're learning also about the Prophet, because they are one package. Prophet and Ahl al-Bayt are one package. When we teach that to others, whether it is Muslims or non-Muslims, uh, then we are, in essence, introducing Islam to them. Um, and uh, as well as, uh, you know, we take any opportunity to share happiness with our families and friends, uh, you know, by congregating together, having these these uh, gatherings where we do Ihya al-Amr. Imam Sadiq said, Ihyu amrana rahimallahu man ahya amrana. You know, set our remembrance, our, our life, our affairs alive, whether it is through our uh, moments of happiness like our birthdays or Eid al-Ghadir or in our uh, shahadat anniversaries as we've done in Muharram uh, and Safar and throughout across the year because it is through these gatherings that we share the knowledge and we share our, our intense feelings of love and grief and ishq to Ahl al-Bayt uh, and these are ways that we can uh, celebrate um, our Holy Prophet and the third and last question for today regarding Imam Sadiq Who's uprising did Imam al-Sadiq support during his life? So the answer is Zaid ibn Ali, Zaid son of Ali, who is the son of Imam Ali ibn al-Husayn, Zayn al-Abidin So he's known as Zaid ibn Imam Zayn al-Abidin He's the great grandson of Imam Ali salam. He led an unsuccessful revolt or a rebellion against the Umayyah Khalifat, where 
in the end it concluded with his martyrdom the stashad the martyrdom of um zaid and hence he is known as zaid shaheed his um shrine is located in in iraq uh in the area of hilla many people come to visit him and he has a lot of karamat a lot of honor for those who come and seek their their um, needs at his um at his shrine Zayd ibn Ali is also seen as a major religious figure, even among the Sunnis. He was supported by the Sunni, the Sunni, Sunni jurist uh, Abu Hanifa as well, who issued a fatwa in support of Zayd against the Umayyads. That said, I want to take the opportunity to mention that Zayd, there are a, a, a group of Shias who deviated from the course of the Twelver Shia, uh, and they took Zayd as the Imam. Okay. Um, they are called the Zaydin or the Ismaili Shias who, who they didn't believe in, uh, they didn't continue to believe in Imam al-Baqir they stopped there. From Imam Zain al-Abdin they went to Imam, uh, to, they went to Zayd ibn Ali instead of continuing on to Imam al-Baqir They are called as the Zaydin or the Ismailis. Uh, they, they, they are Shias, however they have deviated. They are not the Twelver Shia and hence you don't find them commemorating Imam Rida or commemorating believing in, in the imam of our time imam sahab al-asim al-zaman and, and has you know alhamdulillah this, we take this opportunity to thank allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we have been chosen to be the 12 rishia who we believe in the whole package the 12 imams not just some imams but the entire package alhamdulillah rabbil alameen jazakumullah khair and mubarak to all of you on the wiladat of um rasulullah al-akram as well as Imam Zain al-Abidin, Imam al-Sadiq which is approaching very soon. Jazakum al-Akhir, wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.